This is Shooks and GIF episode 12. In this episode, we talk about an easy way to access and edit formula templates, Doc Appender for primary teachers, design tools for the design challenged, and how to make yourself into an Android. What? Welcome to Shooks and GIF, the podcast where we share ed tech treasures we love. Each week, we'll share a tool, podcast, tip, or trick with you, our listeners. We are your hosts, Kim Polishuk and Jen Giffen. Let's give it a go. Hi, Kim. Hey, Jen. So do you know which playing cards are the best dancers? No, which playing cards are the best dancers? The king and queen of clubs. Yep. That was awesome. All right, so how are you? I'm good. Tired. How was Indiana? Indiana was great. I was at uh, the Apple Mania uh, conference over Thursday, Friday last week. I was invited down by uh, Chris Young and Eddie Small, who are two of my friends from the Washington cohort for our Innovator Academy. And what a fun group of people. Like They were a lot of fun and they wanted to learn. It was their summer already, right? So it's like there were nice. 400 teachers there. I always find During that incredible when teachers and, come out on the yeah. summer. And you know what else I found incredible? Mostly secondary, from what I was told. Wow. Which is a shift because in our district it tends Mostly to be the elementary. The yeah. Um, my favorite part was that they served me a baked potato for lunch. Yeah, I saw that on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> so apparently it's a thing in Indiana to have like a, a baked potato bar. And then the next day we had like taco or nacho bars, which is fine. But to me, a baked potato is part of a meal. Yeah. Like I, I'm part Irish, mostly Scottish, but part Irish. And. Like a baked potato is your side meal. Like it's like yeah. steak and potatoes, not just like potatoes. So I actually called home at one point. I'm like, Mom, they are not feeding me. And she laughed. And she goes, what do you mean? And I said, they just gave me a baked potato for lunch. She goes, like at Wendy's? And I laughed. So, But it was very funny. And they all they all saw. They're like, yeah, they could see why it would be a strange thing. But yeah, they all, it explained that most of them were pretty fit. So that's why. It's because they eat side meals for full meals. So maybe that should be, maybe that, we should <laughs> maybe adopt that. Maybe that's the that. solution. Yeah. Anyway, it was very funny. So, but yeah, really good. How about you? I'm good. Gearing up for ISTE. Mm-hmm. And then uh, right after ISTE, I am headed out to California. I know. Yeah, that's I'm very excited. Yeah, California that's... Mountain View, the that summit. I'm going to be uh, opening that summit, keynoting. That's so good. The fantastic team. Good for you. So, yeah, really excited. Good stuff coming out. I'm excited for you, too. Okay, let's start sharing. What have you got? I'm going to start, um, I think, with something actually that we talked about last week. And I said, should I save it? No, I kind of want to show you. Because we're in the middle of doing something oh, with the I know tool, what this so I said, is. "Okay, let's do this." So Kim and I use um, a New Visions Cloud Lab uh, extension called Formule. Add-on. Add-on. Sorry. Sheets add-on. add-on. Sheets add-on called Formule a lot, and it's it's just a Formule is like mule like donkey M U L E, and it is an add-on that helps you do mail merging. So if yep. you wanted to mail merging directly to email, yes. So which is beautiful because Autocrat does it as well. If you also made by New Vision. Um, but this one just goes straight into an email. And so we use it for a variety of reasons. For the typical reasons, you know, we're hosting a conference. We want to email everybody about sessions or whatnot. Um, we've done it before to send even, you know, personalized emails to people. All you have to do is like put their first name, their email address, and then what you want the contents to say. I have uh, an entire session that I use Formula on called Easy Updates for Families. Yes. So um, it's a session targeted at sending home positive feedback to parents about their child's day and formula is such an easy way to do it. And you know what, I'll put that tutorial in the show notes. Okay, beautiful. Anyway, I was um, I was playing with it over the lot like, like we do. And about a month ago, I realized I also had this extra sheet to the little tabs at the bottom. 
I was like, what is this? And I went in and it was almost, it almost looked like a template for what I'd created when you go through the steps of formula. I thought, well, this is weird maybe, but it was one that was collaborated on. So I didn't know if someone else who I was working on the sheet with could have been you, could have been anyone had added it. And I thought, oh, okay, whatever. I didn't think much of it. And then it, the next one I went into, I saw it again in another place and didn't see it in others. And I thought, what, what is going on? And then all of a sudden it occurred to me, I said, I bet you. And so I found one that was open and I realized it was all the fields. So in the first column, it would have, you know, all, all the steps that they take you through when you're setting it up. And then the second column had what you'd entered. And I was like, why is it on some and not others? And then I remembered hidden sheets. So you can actually hide full sheets or tabs in a Google Sheets file. So if you go to any, um, any tab along the bottom, you right click, you can say hide sheet so it gets hidden. And then when you go on your file menu bar up to view, you can say show hidden uh, sheets and they'll list them all there. You can also click on the pancakes at the bottom left and That's that right. will show all of the sheets. And I think the ones that are hidden are italicized or Something grayed out like a little yeah. bit more, but you can reactivate them from the pancake menu as well, right yeah. at the bottom to the left of the names of all the tabs. Yeah, which when I showed you this, you reminded me of it. I was like, oh, this is fantastic. So now we can always go back because there's been times I've set up a formula and I don't necessarily want to go back in through all the steps to find out what I wrote. And I was like, this is an amazing way to go if you're, especially if you're doing an initiative from year to year and using different spreadsheets, but you still wanted that generic email that we send with all the fields and you don't have to retype the fields. I thought, this is amazing. And then you said, I wonder and go ahead. And I said, I wonder if you can actually tweak, change, update the template from the hidden sheet rather than having to go in through the formula add-on because you see as we've always said we're lazy we're lazy and going into formula to step, update step, the template step. it's step 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 so what we tried was we accessed this hidden sheet with one of our existing formulas and I tweaked the template right from there yeah, and you, then you I tested it out and it worked. Yeah, you don't need to open it up I every time. I don't need to open up Formule anymore yeah. to edit the template. You can do it right from that hidden Which sheet. Which is so great when you realize, like you, you've run it through and then you're like, oh, I have one typo or I just want to add one little line that you don't need to, um, to go through it all the steps every time. Not, it's not a lot of steps, like you said, though. We just like to be lazier. So now, Formula users, it's, it's a great hack. Go view and... I'm wondering, um, we tested it out with one template. We don't know yet what it would look like unless you've checked it out. When you, because sometimes we have like two, three, four, five templates. I imagine those would be two, three, four, five different, different sheets? hidden sheets. Yeah, okay. based on based on when I was looking through, that's what it looked like, yeah. Super easy. Um, and the other thing I wanted to point out just while we're on the topic of formula, uh, a little pro tip. And this is also in my tutorial that I will link in the show notes. When you're using formula, the first time you open up a sheet, when you go into the add-ons menu, it says formula and open. Mm -hmm. And then you go through all your steps. If you refresh your sheet or open it up again another day, you always have to go through that open option first yes. before you can get the new menu, which says set up or preview uh, and send all. Yeah. So my little hack is go into the add-ons menu, open formula, click open, and the minute the window appears for formula, close it. Because it takes a while for it to load, and then go right back into the add-ons menu and all the other options will be there. Rather, oh, rather, than, see. rather than waiting for it to cycle and right. open and then you have to go through all the steps to get back we're to too, the we're template. We're way too busy finding ways to be lazy. So that little pro tip will help you skip all of those steps, get you right into the menu where now if I go into formula, right, they're all there. the setup menu appears. Go ahead, Shooks.
All right, I got? have one. This is one we talked about a few weeks ago. Mm -hmm. um, we had somebody call in uh, or leave us a message that said they'd love for us to speak more about primary grades, early years. Laura Harrison? No, I don't think so. It was somebody that we don't know. It was, it was, it was, I think it was one of our first comments. They just sort of said, yep. could you do a little bit more for primary? So although I'm not a primary teacher, I know that the tool that we've been talking about a lot, Doc Appender, especially you know this one, mm -hmm. is, is used extensively in our early years and primary grades in, in our district. Yes. Doc Appender, I'll explain it quickly. Doc Appender, you take a Google form and when you fill out a Google form, all of the data automatically populates into a spreadsheet. We talked about this when we talked about my add-on. Yes, exactly. That's yeah. why I mentioned you You definitely know yeah. Doc Bender. I do. So all of the data automatically populates into a spreadsheet. Some people don't enjoy reading data on a spreadsheet. I love reading data Me on too. a spreadsheet. But I do understand why that's not necessarily user-friendly for everyone, especially for students if you want to be interacting with your students. Yeah. So another add-on you can use is called Doc Appender. It is a Google Forms add-on. You won't find this if you're looking in the add-ons menu in the Sheets gallery. You'll have to go into the Google Forms add-on gallery. And you access that by clicking on the three Timbits, and then you select Get Add-ons. And a little puzzle piece will appear in the top menu in a Google Form. Doc Appender takes all of the data in your Google Form and directs it to Google Docs. So first you would create a folder with a bunch of Google Docs in it. Mm -hmm. Enter Jen's new add-on, copy, no, name, those, name docs. those docs. Yep. Once you have a Google Doc for every single student in your class, and the titles are simply their name and maybe descriptive feedback or their name dash observations, you have all of those documents in a folder. So kindergarten teachers, early years teachers, if you have 30 kids in your class and each one has a document with their name on it, all of those are housed in a Google folder. And maybe the Google folder is simply called class portfolios or class observations or right. class feedback. When you open up the Doc Appender add-on, you select that folder that contains all of the documents. Mm -hmm. And then the name question in your form, as Jen says, automatically, automatically. populates Magic. with all of the names of the files in that folder. And because we named all of those files with your student names, your name question has all of the correct student names in it. Every time you select a student's name when you're filling out the Google form, the data you input into the form will not only go into the Google Sheet, but it will also push directly to that individual Google Doc. Mm -hmm. So if you are collecting observations about all of your students and you just want to see everything for Adam, yes, you could filter your spreadsheet, but you could also go into that folder go into Adam's document and all of the information you collected, all the observations you have about Adam will all appear on Adam's document in chronological order from top to bottom. That's what Doc Appender does. It's really yeah. great for teachers who are doing constant observations. If you could put your form on your phone or on your tablet, walk around the room, you can always have all of that data accessible to you in a Google in a Google Doc, easy to view. And as we get a little bit older, we can then share those documents with our students and engage in descriptive feedback. And I do think we've talked about this in an earlier episode where yeah. we can use those documents to have um, an opportunity for assessment as learning where our students are dialoguing about their assessments that you've yeah. given them. And that we can share with stakeholders, like parents, resource teachers, administrators, that sort of thing. And there's another add-on, which I will talk about at a later date, but just for anybody who wants to dig into it a little bit, it's called Image Appender. I'm not even going to explain what it is. I'll just tease it a bit. Um, 
it is sometimes working, sometimes not working, but it has the potential to be incredible for early years documentation. And that is what I'm hoping to use my learning from Alice Keeler's coding course. Which I'm, I'm so far behind. I'm the worst student of all time. <laughs> I'm hoping to be able to take my learning from there and improve Image Appender. That's awesome. my, That's my ultimate goal. Yep. You can do it. So you can for, do it, Shooks. I, I believe hope so. in you. Um, if anybody wants to try DocAppender, I think it's a really great tool for mm -hmm. pedagogical documentation in it's the early years. Do you know what? This, uh, this weekend, well, no, not this weekend, but last week when I was at the Apple Mania conference, I started um, a session on how to create uh, paperless rubrics using Autocrat. So mm -hmm. I was doing Automate with Autocrat. And someone said, well, how do I do this? And they were going on. And I'm like, you don't want this session. You want DocAppender. And it was small. There was only about a dozen people in it. Um, and they said, well, what's doc appender? And I started talking to the small group, maybe four of them. And other people were like, what, what's that? Hold on. What's that? What's that? What's that? We completely were like, S hold the presses. We need to, and I started my doc appender session instead. I was like, well, now you have this resource. You can explore that on your own. Cause everything's like you and I create everything with, you know, yeah. gifts and slide or um, screenshots and that sort yes. of thing. And yeah. And we did doc appender instead. And I had one, um, teacher who teaches spec ed who said they've just changed the way that they're going to be communicating their behavioral um, documentation for, for students with exceptionalities. And she said, you have literally changed my life with this. It is so powerful and it's exactly the solution Fantastic. that we needed. Fantastic. It was great. Docapender, check it out. Love it. What Love have you got? It. Okay. My next one is uh, about making things pretty and I like pretty, you know, smart and pretty. Cause I'm smart and pretty. <laughs> for those of you who don't know, go to bit.ly slash smart and all capitals, A N D pretty lowercase. You'll see why. Um, so <laughs> Easter I like Easter, Easter eggs, <laughs> smart and pretty. Um, so I really like people who can make things look really pretty. I, I like the visual effects and the aesthetics of anything that's being presented. Absolutely. So I, I just shared with you before I came here, we're doing something in a couple of weeks and I found this beautiful resource. It was really, really beautiful nice. resource about Google keep. Um, it was created by a Brandy Kane who's at Kane underscore Brandy, I think, um, on Twitter, but the template itself was created by Cynthia Nixon and she's a great follow on Twitter. She does, um, she has a lot of like sketch stuff and she's teaching tech Nicks. And if I'm not mistaken, she actually just got accepted into LAX 18 innovator. I think I saw her as one of the people wonderful on the list. I'll check that out to be sure. Um, at any rate, I love it when things look really nice because for me, I think there's something about the aesthetics. It's one of the first things that pulled me into hyperdocs is okay. This looks nice and we can engage when things are visually appealing. It's easier to have yeah. somebody who might be a little bit anxious about trying something new. It's an easier entry point. Totally. Um, Jennifer Gonzalez, have we talked about her um, podcast yet? She has a great podcast. We don't know her from Adam. I would, oh, she's on my ed tech would love to meet list. I would love to meet her. Is anyway. that cult of pedagogy? Yeah. Cult yeah. of pedagogy. A cult of pedagogy for those of you who don't speak Canadian. I learned that this weekend. Well, I've, I've learned it before. Um, she has, um, a really great, um, episode called, are you a curator or are you a dumper? And I'll try to find it and link it in. And it's all about how do you just like send a whole bunch of links or do you curate it? So they look really nice. So that's mm. visually engaging. It's a great listen to. So back to my point, I, I really like things to look nice, but I don't, I don't always see it for me. Like when I see something that looks nice, I'm like, Oh, that's beautiful. And I can tweak it for my own needs. So I have a couple of tools that I want to share if you're like me and you're a little bit, maybe 
graphic design challenge, do you yeah. say? Um, and you're like, I know what I want it to look like, but I can't see it in my mind. It's like with my sketch noting. I, I always cheat my sketch noting and I look at like the noun project or whatever. Cause, and that's why I love the resources I'm about to share. So the first one that I want to share is a lot like one that I found before called Adobe Color CC, but you seem to need a, an Adobe account for that. And I don't have one. So when I was at Apple mania, Marcus Painter, who's at EdTech Marcus, and he's an EdTech hero. They have a little like... Wait, is his last name really Painter? Yeah. And you're going to talk about color schemes? I didn't even make that connection until right now. <laughs> That's very funny. Um, so it says, okay, you want to create a color scheme? Go ahead. So you go to, it's called coolers.co. So C-O-O-L-O-R-S dot C-O. And when you land on the page, it says start the generator. It's free. So you start the generator. And it will show you, okay, here's a really cool palette. And then it actually tells you the hex numbers. Nice. So that I can match them. And the beautiful thing with this too, is I can say, okay, I want to adjust the colors slightly. So if I want to change them, my favorite part though, is the one that says alternate shades. So it gives you five different colors and then I can make it, oh, I want this shade a little bit lower. So it's on the same color palette. So imagine oh. paint chips. That's what it looks like. Yeah. That you can match and then you can it's go home further Depot. down. Is it's home, home it's, Depot in the States? It's home, yeah, yeah, totally. Okay. It, was for, it was found in the States. Um, it's Home Depot for the graphic design challenged like me. Now, why I like this especially is if you have the extension um, and it's called I always get it mixed up. Let me go ahead and make sure I have it. Color, color pick, pick eyedropper. eyedropper. And color pick eyedropper on Be any... Be specific on, about that because there's a lot of them out there like yes. color picker, color pick eyedropper, and color pick is one word. And without the P. U. And without the U. And without the U. <laughs> so when you... <laughs> you can spell that oh out of order like that. There we go. Um, on most web pages, it doesn't work on all of them. It's for, it depends. If you activate this extension, it's a Chrome extension, you can go over, it, it creates a crosshairs and your, your cursor turns into a crosshair and it goes over. And as you go around the page, it will tell you, cause it zooms right in what color certain things are on the page. And then when I'm in something like, um, Google docs or Google sheets, or I, I'm sure you can do it in word and, and other programs. Um, certainly you could do it in something like, um, Photoshop, when you go to color something in, you have that hex number there for you. So you can have an exact match. So it just makes designing a lot more simplified designing for the design challenge. Uh, we might want to point out how they would, how would somebody change the color so that oh. it's customized? Do you want to just explain that? Yeah, sure. So if I'm in, um, a, not in a Google site, not in a Google site, no, yet. but if I'm in a Google document and I highlight a bunch of text and then I go up to where it says the text color, which is an A with the color underneath it. Right. And you can do this as well with the, um, you know, the highlighter under the color palettes like that, all those little boxes, there's a word custom with three little dots. And it actually will pull up a pop-up box that will give you that hex number by the hex number. It's a, it's a hashtag, hashtag or pound sign or number sign, um, with, uh, six digits that follow and sometimes it will digits or it's can be alphanumeric. Yeah. And you just want to paste the new one in there and boom, it matches it exactly. And then the nice piece about that is once you've added in that custom color, it will add that color to the theme yeah. of the document. Yeah. So you won't have to recreate the copy paste of that hex number every time. That's right. If it you say, okay, it shows up at the bottom. then the bottom, you have all the colors that are thematically represented in that doc and yeah. you can just continue to use it. Yeah. This is a really great thing. I showed this to a teacher a couple of weeks ago and she was like, oh, you, this will save my life because they have a very specific purple that's outside the regular palette that they use in their school logo. She's like, I'm always trying to match it, but it's never quite right. She goes, this is going to make our school newsletters so much more visually Wonderful. appealing. 
Yeah. So I loved that. Another tip about uh, color pieces, uh, another tip about another tip about colors, we just talked about how you can add them into the color theme. Mm -hmm. If I'm starting a brand new document, yeah. it doesn't have that color built into no. it. So my trick, and there's probably an easier way to do this, yeah. other than using Color Pick Eyedropper, I would open up the previous document, copy one letter yeah. from that document, paste it into the new document, and then that color is automatically added to the theme That's of that really document. So that I don't have to use the Color Pick Eyedropper to find so it. So for this teacher who's doing newsletters yes. again and again, again, she can just copy and paste it. As long as she's good. working in a Google app. Awesome. Awesome. There's also one that is an extension. I don't know it, but I, our friend Trevor uses it where every time you open up a new tab, a color palette emerges. Yeah. This is really handy for people who might be colorblind. Yeah, like, like Trevor. Yeah. <laughs> so um, if you are colorblind and you want to create beautiful color coordinated resources, you may not know what you're choosing. Yeah. But there is a great extension, which I don't know the name of it, but I'm, we will get it. I might have it. And we'll put it in the show notes. Every time you open up a new tab, you have one of those color palettes available right there. And you can just choose it and create whatever document you need to create with some beautiful colors. Okay, last year goes to you. Last year is a fun one. I love working with students writing stories. Me too. It's just fun. I also love working on comics with them where they create their own characters. Right. There is a wonderful website called Androidify. A-N-D-R-O-I-D-I-F-Y. Androidify. I think I once called it Androidify and that was wrong. Androidify.com. You do have to be 13 years or older to do this. Okay. So teachers, if you're working with younger primary students, you can always make it with collaboratively. them. Yeah, do it as a class collaboratively. It is so much fun. You can make yourself into an Android avatar. It's so easy. Few clicks of the button. As soon as you get to the page, it says, be together, not the same. I love this. It's all about diversity, valuing our differences. So you get to the page and right away, you're going to see a whole bunch of androids that dance around, move around, colorful, different hair, different shoes, different clothes. Say create and share. And then very quickly you go through, oh my gosh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, for episode 12. Oh, 12, 12 ways to Androidify. 12 ways to personalize your Android. As soon as you've created, look at the one I just made. Oh my gosh, <laughs> so cute. As soon as you've created all of your uh, personalized touches on the look of your Android, yeah. in the top right hand corner, you click next. And now you get to pick a signature dance move. And there are so many dance moves to choose from. Oh, look, or, or sports, sports moves. Sports moves. Like, lifting weights. There's there. one fast, fast asleep, eating popcorn. There's just so many you can choose. Oh, I mean, waving flags. Waving flags. Oh, look, these jumping little pride around, flags. Waving. I so you pick that. your dance move, and then you say, done. You can choose your character's name and hometown. So you can give your character a name. I'm going to call him Happy. And I could put hometown in. Also optional. Name and hometown are optional. My next Check off. growing up, their dog's name was Happy. Oh, that's cute. Mm -hmm. that's really cute. Check off the box. It says two very important factors that you are 13 years old and that you are from planet Earth. It literally says that. I am 13 years old and from planet Earth. Check and check. And then submit and then that Android is then added to this huge gallery of Android oh characters, gosh. which you can download for free. So here's why I like this. Back when I said 
We love telling stories with our students. We love creating comics with yeah. our students. You can have GIFs because these are all dancing GIFs of these androids. Mm -hmm. One click of the button, download. It will download to your hard drive. You can then upload them into a Google site or a Google Doc or a Google Slide Deck. And oh. these can become your characters in your story because there's thousands of them on there you, to choose When you from. first showed me this, you also told me that it could become your avatar in your G Plus profile. Did I say that? Dancing. Wasn't it you who told me that? I don't think I said that. Oh, someone told me that, that they had that That's little avatar fun. dancing in their G Plus profile. I was like, that is the cutest. Oh, no, it wasn't you. It was... um. Eugene Chun, I think. Oh, okay. And he was Eugene. So here's my little my little character, Happy. And I can now drag and drop him right into a Google slide. Oh, he's so and cute. he's a character in my my story that I'm about to tell. I love that. Choose from any of the existing ones on there. It's all crowdsourced and you can have so many different characters. I love that. Because then again, if we're if we're going on this design challenge, you may not know how to create a little like art yeah. guide. You want them all to look the same ish, but it's easy and it's free. Because I find a lot of these that you have to use, yeah. you pay for them. Yeah. You know what, and that just brought up another share. I will save it for another time, but okay. you just mentioned we may not know how to create our own characters. Yeah. You know what, maybe next week or next year. Um, yeah, because next week is the our, last, our last one. Our last one. For the, um, well, for not ever, but. <laughs> uh, we'll share how we can use Google Drawings or Google Slides to create characters. Oh, that would be fun. Just with shapes. We'll talk about yeah, that another the polygon episode. feature. Yeah. Beauty. I love that. Thanks for that share. I like happy. Happy. That's it for this week. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you think others might enjoy some of this learning, please give us a rating. Show notes for this and all episodes can be found at bit.ly forward slash shooks and gif. That's B-I-T dot L-Y forward slash S-H-U-K-E-S and G-I-F-F. As always, we would love to hear your ahas on the Anchor app. Or by tweeting at us using the hashtag shooks and gif sending us an email, or talking to us in real life. I'm Kim Polishuk, and I can be found on Twitter at Kim Polishuk. And I'm Jen Giffen, and I can be found at Virtual GIF with two Fs. Thanks for listening to Shooks and GIF. And as always, have an aha, give it a go. Shooks and GIF is a proud member of Voice Ed Radio. Your voice is right here. For more great content, go to voiceed.ca. As soon as you've created, look at the one I just made. <laughs> oh my gosh, so cute. Look at him jump. It's Woo! Like, it's like crisscross. Crisscross, thank you. Jump, jump. jump. <laughs>